0: Welcome to the Kingdom Builders Podcast. What's up?
1: What's up? I'm Kim. I'm Christine.
0: And we are Kingdom Builders. But who are you? I'm Jason. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes. With our powers combined, we are Kingdom Builders.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you remember Captain Planet?
2: No. Nope. Yes. Oh gosh,
0: okay. Anyways, let's welcome our guests today. We have guests on our Zoom call. So we'll start with Joshua. Say hello, Hello, Joshua. Hello, everyone. What's up, man? You look nice. Hashtag no filter. <laughs> they can't. I was going to say, our him. listeners are going to be really intrigued as <laughs> to yeah. what he there looks go. like. You sound nice. I'm <laughs> sure
3: in their imaginations they can
0: see you. That's true.
3: With your nice curls on top of your head. It's the way I mean, the
0: spirit. Yes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs>
1: and, I, and
2: the birthday girl.
1: Say hello. Hi.
2: Tell them who you are. I'm Shelly and I am in Southern Maryland. Woo-hoo. Wow.
0: Fantastic. Well, we're excited to be here today on the Kingdom Builders podcast. Definitely go check out Patreon. You want to tell them about it?
1: Patreon.com slash Kingdom Builders. We have an Awesome group. Everybody uh, who joins the Kingdom Builders through Patreon and becomes a patron, everybody gets on this awesome podcast, or an opportunity to be on anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, there are many other benefits to being on the Kingdom Builders. I would call it, I almost said a team. It's not really a team, but it's more like an awesome group. It kind community. of is a community. community. I would say, you
3: know... Kingdom Builders was made so that we can come together and walk a journey to build the kingdom together. Yes, and so I would. I think team could be an efficient word. Okay, we're tribe
1: crew. Crew. I like crew. Kingdom
0: Builders crew.
3: We're the
1: Kingdom Builders crew. Kingdom crew. So we do have something really awesome coming up that they get. live stream access, too.
0: Uh-oh. So, That's right. So
1: if you're a kingdom builder at tier two or above, you get access to all of our live stream conferences that we do. Or have done. Or have done, even the recordings. And um, we are having the Refresh Conference October 23rd through 25th here in Wichita, Kansas at The Source. And so we're really excited about that. If you want to come and have an awesome conference for healing body, soul, spirit, Come, go to refresh.thesourcewichita.com and grab some tickets and watch the video of Christine talking all about it. You could do that, but it's not that exciting. (laughs) I Uh, think it is. (laughs) Jason thinks it is because he produced the video and he does a great job of that. Thank you. Thank you. Just pay no attention to the person behind the
0: screen. I'm just kidding. (laughs) So yeah, lots lots of awesome perks for our kingdom builders Mm -hmm. and the best perk ever is probably not better than meeting with you guys. Hey, for that no is recall. the best
1: perk. What are you even
0: talking about? I was going to say the best perk <laughs> is the shout out that you get <laughs> when you <laughs> join <laughs> as a patron. And yes. so our shout outs for this month are Annie and Carol. Woo, welcome yeah. to Kingdom Builders.
3: Welcome. We are happy to have you aboard.
0: Say it, Kim. Say what? It.
2: Bell-
3: No, no. (laughs) I am not a performer. Gosh darn it. (laughs) Yeah, you are. I am
0: not. (laughs) Too funny. Awesome. Well, we are super grateful for everybody who supports the Kingdom Builders ministry, and we love doing the podcast, and we love having awesome conversations about various topics from month to month. And so tonight, I get to introduce a mystery topic.
3: Whoa. Mystery topic. Woo, mystery topic. We're all so excited
1: about that.
0: I feel I I did this last week too, the, or not last week, last month. You did? Yeah, I, I don't remember that. Remember? I no. I introduced the topic about who do we worship. Remember worshiping in the spirit.
1: For oh sh- yeah, 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 I do remember now. So wow.
0: I, I don't feel special. this is much, month sorry. number two. Wow. Not that anybody's keeping track. No, not only two. So, so I would like. <laughs> to present an idea. And I want to start by reading from Matthew 23, and this is verse 8 through 12. And so Jesus, these are the words of Jesus, it's red letter Bible going on here. And so it says, but you are not to be called rabbi or teacher, for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who's in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So, hold on to that one, and let's run over to, I believe, John 16. And this is where he's talking about the Holy Spirit coming. And so, John 16, verse 12 through 13 says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Everybody say all truth. All All truth. truth. (laughs) For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. So as I've read some of these scriptures lately, and just kind of tying that into some of the things that the Lord's been showing me, He keeps bringing me back to this idea of a singular source, sourcing from one place. Now, we've talked often about sourcing from the tree of life, not from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. But it does help us to go back to that story again, because I think we get the first instance of a dual sourcing, of a mixture that happens of essentially God's word and then man's idea behind God's word. And so I believe that's where the mixture comes. I believe that's what religion really is. Mm. And so, just the short of it, uh, at the end of Genesis chapter 2, the Lord has formed man, and he then tells him to, um, you know, name the animals and do all these things, puts them in the garden, builds this beautiful place for him. But then he says, Do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for if you do you will surely die so he very he very specifically and clearly tells him don't eat of it so then the beginning of chapter three we see that he's put into a deep sleep and the lord um, forms eve out of his side and so then now he has this suitable helper and so then we get into the fall of man and so we see that the serpent's there and the serpent asks eve did god really say this And so then Eve says, God said that we shall not eat of the tree or touch it, eat of the fruit of the tree or touch it, or we will surely die. So this is the first instance of mixture. We've got what God said plus something else that somebody made up somewhere along the way. I don't know if it was Eve. I think maybe it was Adam. We can speculate. It might have been this idea of I want to keep her safe. So instead of just telling her not to eat of it, I'm going to tell her not to touch it. So I'm going to add an extra layer of protection. But even with that good intention, it was off because it was now sourcing from an idea of, of an interpretation of what God really said. And so I think that we see this mixture actually happen. And this is, you know, we, we get the law, but then we get the rabbis who write out the Talmud that are their thoughts on what God's law actually means. God says, hey, rest on the Sabbath. Good intention, my heart for you, rest. But then man gets a hold of it and says, well, don't carry four pounds and don't walk half a mile. And so they add to it. So again, it's happening again. Um, And so then Christ comes on the scene. He's like, everything you've taught is just tradition by, by man. And so you get this idea of Jesus then coming and saying, When the Spirit comes, He will lead you into all truth. So we have one source for all truth. And then Jesus says, don't call any man father, instructor, or teacher. For you have one instructor, one father, one teacher. And so He goes back to this idea of that singular source. And so I think what has happened, um, sadly, is Christians today have essentially Frankensteined their faith by pulling what they think is truth from this guy and truth from that commentary and truth from this book and maybe a little spirit mixed in plus this other book and this Bible study and that person and this pastor and that group leader. And so we've got all this mixture going on. Um, And then just one final scripture that I, I love, it's Matthew 5 and Jesus says, blessed are the pure for they will see God. So he goes back to this purity, this lack with the absence of mixture is the purity. Mm -hmm. And with that purity, we will see God. And so it's not, it's not spirit and God's word plus what man has to say about it. And so I'll open it up after this. I want to make one more statement. So I know Kim and Christine, you both, Uh, Kim, you, didn't really grow up in the church, you don't have a lot of religion attached to you, and so you often say, I only know what the Lord shows me, and for a lot of people, that's like, "Er, what do you mean? And then for you, with your teaching, you say, I can only teach what I experience, and so you're not trying to take somebody else's teachings, or somebody else's truths, or only what the Lord's showing you, only what the Lord is showing you, I think you both have done a really great job of saying, hey, I want to have that singular source, but not everybody functions like that. And so I really would just kind of like to maybe let us talk about that a little bit. But obviously in the end, let's encourage people to consider um, how they might tap into or consider only having a singular source, the Spirit of God in us.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Whoop, whoop. Surprise. That's nice.
3: What, you want to speak? I don't. I think I need to go second because I might be contrary.
1: Contrary. Oh.
3: Why would you be contrary?
1: If it's from the Spirit, we have one source.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Right. But, okay, I'll just dive in with this then. So, I hear you say this, and I hear the truth in it. However, I also have had experience with the Lord where He has shown me that I can look to other people to recognize parts of him that I don't already have. And so it is him through them, but I can still look, I can look to Shelly and I can see a part of the father, a facet of the father that I don't, I haven't already seen and that carries some truth. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely.
3: I don't want to contradict you. You're not. Right. But I do think there is something to be said, especially for the body. There's a reason that Jesus said that he wished for us to be one. And it was so that we could glean other things, like other pieces of truth of who the Father is from these other people. And so I just completely
1: went against what you
0: said. I'm sorry. No, you I don't didn't think so. go against it at all.
1: Yeah. Here, I want to say kind of my perspective on this. So I think what you're saying is exactly right, but it isn't actually sourcing from anywhere but the spirit still. Because like I was just uh, saying something earlier to Josh on here about how um, some of the experiences that I have in my perspective um, has come from his curiosity. Mm -hmm. It's because it's not that I'm getting it from him. It's that. He's making me seek the spirit more. (laughs) And so that's kind of when we glean things from each other, it's not actually from each other anyway. It's really where we're going, oh, now I I can press into the spirit about this. Mm -hmm. Oh, now I can see this more. And it's just like instead of eating from somebody, which is what I used to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's what I was doing. I was like... Feed me, Pastor. Okay, I don't know what else I can possibly eat from you, but hopefully I'll get a morsel. This is what I was doing all the time. And at first I was probably eating lots of milky meals. But then (laughs) um, eventually I'm like trying to get a morsel here, right? But I'm still trying to feed from other people. And I was trying to get stuff from them to somehow become a better person. (laughs) And I think that that's the key that ties us back to creation and to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil versus the tree of life. It's that when we source from other people, we then are led to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil every time. It's like, Mm -hmm. how can I be a better person off of what they just said? Oh, wow, that quote is amazing. It inspires me to be a better person. And that's (laughs) totally not the tree of life Um, because it isn't about being a better person. It's about uh, sourcing from the spirit and having life only. Right.
0: Yeah. So I think we need to talk about maybe the difference between sourcing, and then, essentially, being inspired. Okay. Right. Yeah. Because there's a difference. For sure. Yeah. I feel and like you just, one is yeah.
1: consuming, right? Um, like the sourcing is consuming from that, and inspiration, it can be good and bad. Okay. Because inspiration can lead us to the spirit, or it can lead us to good works, yes. which. Truthfully, we will always have good works if we're in the spirit. It just is. It's an outpouring, but it's not about right and wrong. It's about life bringing or not. And when we are inspired by someone, it takes our focus from them to the Lord. That's the real mm-hmm. goal, anyway. Yes. Right? I would say would be that I'm not looking at Josh and trying to eat from him. Uh-huh. I'm I'm going oh. I need to press into that. Yes. I, ooh, yes. that that can help me yep. have a different height in my relationship with the Lord. If I just go, okay, Lord, what about this? And it leads us to relationship. And I think relationship is what draws us to life. Like it's all connected. In relationship with one another mm-hmm. and relationship with the Lord. As long as the relationship isn't self-seeking. So it's all about the outpouring of love, and it's this: How can I love better? How can I, you know, just pour out on this person? And oneness is about that. It's about experiencing things together in this life, bringing love.
0: You know. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> let me let me bring a little bit of clarity. Yeah. Um, because I feel like where were we? Matthew what was the first one. Matthew twenty-three. 23. 23. So Jesus, contextually, <laughs> here he's talking about the the scribes and the pharisees and so he says then jesus said to the crowds and to the disciples the scribes and the pharisees sit on moses's seat so do and observe whatever they tell you but not the works they do for they preach but do not practice they tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on people's shoulders but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger they do all their deeds to be seen by others They make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and gatherings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. So basically, the Pharisees, their heart was that they were the source of truth for the people. And they took that, and there was pride there, and, I mean, they loved it. They loved the honor. They loved the glory. They loved the best seats. They loved to look holy and appear holy and all these things. And so they're the ones that are saying, We're the Pharisees. We know what the scriptures say, and we know what they mean. And so listen to us and do what we say. And so there was a bit of truth in what they were saying because obviously they were going back to the Torah. And Jesus like, yeah, the the Torah, yeah, the law, Mm -hmm. right? Adhere to that, but not the idea behind who they're trying to present themselves as. So he's saying don't look to them as father and don't look to them as teacher and don't look to them as instructor. And so I think maybe he was saying that they could have gained some inspiration by the things that they were saying, but not actually see them as the source that they were trying to present themselves as. And so a lot of times, so when I was a a pastor and we launched the church, that was a lot of weight on my shoulders Mm -hmm. because I thought that I was the source of all christian knowledge and biblical doctrine for people like what am i going to do when they ask me this question like as though people were going to come to me to have all of the answers and i carried that and that is that crushes people nobody was ever meant to carry that on their shoulders but there still are people and so i would say beware of those who claim to have all truth and tell you also that they must you must listen to them because they have all truth. And I've heard it From certain people when they say, well, we've done the study and we have the letters behind our name and we've done the proper exegesis and we've contextually understood the scripture and have properly interpreted it into our time and place. So this is how the church must function. This is how you must function. This is how we set up our elder board and then our lead guy. And, you know, they use all of that to then say, this is how it should be. Listen to us. We've got it right. Hmm. And I'm like... Hold on, homeboy.
3: So, when you say exo Jesus, do you mean they took Jesus out of it?
0: Ha
1: ha ha. <laughs> she's pulling out a dad joke, but she's a mom. Oh What's gosh. up with that?
0: Two drums There and is a no symbol. gender.
1: <laughs> there is no <laughs> gender in Christ Jesus.
0: Yes. Two <laughs> drums and a cymbal fell off a cliff. Boom. Yeah. So. And, and he, we're back. And we're back. <laughs> so. So I uh, yeah, so just let's maybe talk about this idea of mixture and you know Kim wrote down purity. Purity will see God. Bl- blessed are the pure for they will see God. And so just this idea of the Lord showing you who he is versus us trying to take somebody else's testimony or truth or experience and have that be our revelation of God. And we've done this. We've done this with scripture. We've done this with people's stories and testimonies. What they experienced, we're like, oh, I wish that was my experience. Or, you know, tell me more. Or like, wow. But then we just, we don't even go to the Lord ourselves and say, hey, you know, I want that. Or what about me? Or are you there? Or, you revealed yourself to them. You know, do it for me. It's almost like we just kind of try to live off of that, you know?
3: I think it's, it can be very interesting to see. There's a friend who will be mine in the future who um, who I've heard does something similar. And it is like you can recognize the truth and you can recognize that it's from the source, but you're not going to the source to receive that truth. Um, And there really is a hindrance that comes from that because you're lacking the relationship and you're lacking the intimacy that gives the fullness to that revelation, to that truth, to that knowledge that you may have about him. And so at the end of the day, it winds up being a more shallow image of who the Lord actually is, you know, so of Holy Spirit, of Yeshua, of Yahweh, um, And this is, I think this is one of the ways that religion has really crept into our faith um, or what should be our faith as Christians is it's come in and said, well, you only need to look to this person and you'll get what you need. Or you only need to do X, Y, Z, and then you'll be good when all it is really doing is muting the relationship muting the um the intensity and the fullness that you can get from having that intimacy with the lord um and so i i do think this is an important thing i think it's um i'm losing words and i'm really sorry okay. um to have that experience is the most important thing and it doesn't have to be some showy glamorous crazy thing it can be as simple as sitting at the feet of the father you know it doesn't have to be some big thing but it is important that you go and seek that as opposed to seeking a word from another person to fulfill you because at the end of the day Mm -hmm. there's no one who's going to fulfill you Mm -hmm. except for the father you know
0: can, uh. I think that's a good word. That word, fulfill, right? To, yeah, because it, it just reminded me of what you talked about—the eating. Because mm-hmm. we're trying to consume something that's going to satisfy us or fulfill us. Right. And so a lot of people say, "Well, you know," and it happens. You know, a pastor will teach something one day, and somebody will be like, "Oh man, that was a really good word." You know, I, I feel like I, I was, I was fed, and. I think, I don't know what I'm trying to say with this.
1: Well, I think so many times in the past, I've heard people say, well, I'm not going to that church anymore because I don't get fed. Okay, there you go. I mean, and (laughs) that's the problem. They're trying to feed off of a church or a pastor or whomever instead of actually the Lord. And I think even many of us have shaped our idea of Yeshua off of The scriptures alone Mm -hmm. and that in a way yeah you can crucify me in a bit i know what you're gonna say that in a way is is forming an idol it's it's something that's totally like sourcing from someone else it's the same thing you're sourcing from these people's experiences of yeshua alone and you're not actually having experience with him yourself Right. And when you have experience with him yourself, you might go, oh, now I get more of what yeah. that scripture's talking about. Um, right. But it's not meant, the scriptures aren't meant to be standalone relationship. Right. I mean, you can't have relationship yeah. with yeah. words on a book, in a book. You, it's, you not, sure. it's impossible. Right. Right. And so you have to go, oh, wow, my idea of of Yeshua or my idea of Yahweh is like way different than what I thought. Right. Okay, this has been my whole life, especially lately, is like, well, that's nothing like I anticipated. That's not what I thought. I'm constantly getting my theology wrecked by having a relationship. And many Mm -hmm. people would go, oh, you're going into false doctrine. Um, But I know for sure I'm having real relationship. And so when this is happening... It quickens me. You can see the fruit. I mean, I know I see the fruit in my own life just by looking back and going, oh my gosh, I was an idiot. You know, I think this all the time. I see, wow, the Lord has brought me a long way and it hasn't been by practice. It's just been by loving him more and having him love me more, Mm -hmm. you know, and that transforms us. It's nothing that we can't have transformation by learning enough. Right. And that's what fulfills us. And that's what gives us a full belly. I was,
3: as you were both talking, I was thinking about, um, like going to a church service and expecting to be fed by the pastor or, um, by scripture alone, um, by these words, it is almost like going to a feast and saying, I smelled it and I am so full. You know what I mean? Like, you're not actually going in and eating of the feast. Mm-hmm. You think you're being satisfied by the smell alone. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what these things are. It's the essence of the Lord, which should draw you to go source from him.
0: So, right? I grew up on cartoons. And if you ever remember, in the cartoons, they would show the aroma of the food kind of floating into the room and then the cartoon character would catch a whiff of it and then start floating in the air, following the aroma into the kitchen where the food was. Yeah, That's what that should be. Scripture, right. people's testimonies, anything. I mean, so I wanted to talk about what is the role of a teacher or what's the role of the body in encouraging the believer. And it's not that we're feeding each other truth. It's that we're pointing each other to truth. Right. And so just like you said, you walk into a room where there's a feast and you smell the food. Don't just think that because you smelled it, you're satisfied. The aroma entices you and draws you to consume. Right. And so we have the aroma of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so when the aroma of Christ is on you and you and I see the fruit and the fulfillment and the the satisfaction that you get from that, I shouldn't be drawn to you to then be my source of that. I'm saying, right. where are you getting that satisfaction? And you say, the Lord is so good. And I'm like, man, Lord, they're saying you're so good. I want some of that goodness. <laughs> and you go to him for it. Right. Right. And so it's kind of the same thing with scripture. We read the scripture. We're not just satisfied by words on a page. I'm not just satisfied by Job's testimony of the way the Lord showed up for him. In my situation, I still need the Lord to show up for me. Praise God that he showed up for Job. But that doesn't satisfy my need right here, right now, millennia later. Right. And a lot of people are going back to the way that the Lord has showed up for other people and then thinking that that's him showing up for them, and it's just not. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I want to hear from our Kingdom Builders because we have dominated a conversation like crazy. So how about, hey, by the way, we see Nadia on. Welcome, Nadia. Hey, Nadia. So Nadia, Shelly, Joshua, do any of you have anything to add on the subject? Or even questions? Shelly does. Go for
2: it. How unusual that Shelly would want to talk. (laughs) I'm just sitting here grinning because my background was I grew up in the Lutheran Church, very close to Catholic Church. Didn't even have a Bible. I only read what was in the bulletin. (laughs) So as I was progressing and things were happening in the spirit that no one could tell me what was going on, the only time I could feel the Lord was when I took communion. Mm -hmm. So I would call the pastor all the time to meet me at church for communion. I needed the Lord. Um. So as I progressed, I feel, and you're talking about the scriptures, that I'm laughing about this. I had my notebook and I would write a letter to the Lord. I would ask him a question. I would do like a Bible roulette. I would open it up, look, and I would write it for an hour. Then I would go back and I'd read the whole letter. <laughs> that is how I started my relationship with the Lord. I didn't know anything else to do. So I feel like um, when people are are sharing their testimonies, I'm like, wow, that's cool. But it's possibilities. I'm thinking, whoa, like I was telling you, I was circling. Oh, I've been here in this (laughs) heavenly place. I want to go here. So I'm circling as I go. Um, So I think testimonies are very, very important because it opens possibilities. That's good. And um, we start working together with the possibilities. Yes. Okay. That's all I want to say. It was good, Shelly. Thanks.
1: Nadia, Joshua, either of you have anything to add? There's a no from Joshua, and Nadia has a black screen, so we have no idea.
0: <laughs> so, so help me with that then, because, you know, you brought it up earlier, and I didn't think it was contradictory. I th- I think it helps us kind of flesh out how do we then, like if the Lord's saying, hey, you can see a part of me in them. Um, and that's true of of preachers and teachers and anybody, mm-hmm. that the Lord is in them. And yes, the Spirit of God may be prompting them and speaking through them and speaking truth, but how is it different then to like take what he says or someone says and then use them as a source for truth versus, and maybe we talked about just this inspiration piece, like specifically the question, then what is the role of a teacher? Because then Jesus says, call no man teacher or rabbi or instructor or father. But then later on in scripture, it says, hey, if your spiritual gifting is teaching. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus gave the spirit to some, he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds and teachers. Mm -hmm. So Jesus says, call no man teacher but then sends the Spirit and gifts men to be teachers. So how do you reconcile that? Dude,
1: I want to talk about this because this is like me. I mean, I feel like this is what the Lord has done with me. And I struggled with the same thing. Like, how, how could I teach if you've said that we're not even, you know, this doesn't make sense, you know. And the Lord showed me that, you know, my role isn't to um, teach them about God. It's about um doing things that will lead them to him. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we get crap all the time for saying, ask Yeshua, okay? <laughs> it's because we're like, go to the source, like ask him. And there are times when I want to answer every single question. I'm like, the Lord just says, nope, you better. They go seek me. And so mm-hmm. there are times when we do that. Our stories, like the way that personally I teach, I don't teach in a way that is saying, I am knowledgeable, you must listen to me. Constantly, I say, go test this. Mm-hmm. Like, don't just believe me because I say it. Don't believe every teacher because I say it. Go spend time with the Lord and ask him about this stuff. And have him confirm this. Even, I feel like, you know, when we practice trading at the source, mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite things if people really use it. Because what it is, is you're paying attention to when is the spirit quickening you? When is the spirit leading you into something? So it's, you might be teaching or I might be listening to worship music or whatever, but it isn't about you. It's about the spirit going that. Mm -hmm. And so then you're led to the spirit instead of to the person. Mm -hmm. And so if we are a gifted teacher, we are one who is leading people to the spirit. There's no stopping at, at, this is the information. And that's the difference, I think, is that it's about still leading back to the spirit as Yeshua is the head, right? Because when we mm-hmm. quoted that scripture in Ephesians 4, and it's really about Yeshua being the head. And so when the when Yeshua is the head, all of our limbs, everything we do leads back to what our mind is telling us to do, right? Right. And so our, our head kind of rules everything in our body. Yeshua leads everything in the body, and so if we can just lead back to what he's doing and orchestrating and all of that, then it works out perfectly. So to me, he's saying, "Don't rely on anyone else to be the head mm. right Wow, just have me
3: be the head. I would agree, and I think that's also why Scripture says that teachers will be judged more harshly, right probably is because. As a teacher, it would be easy to slip into something and allowing people to rely on you to be the source, Mm -hmm. where it is your responsibility to teach truth,
1: but always point back to him, you know? I think that's important, and one of the things that well, I've heard one million times is, well, teachers should be judged more harshly. And it's really saying, hey, well, they need to be perfect. And if they're not acting perfectly, then they should be taken out or whatever. Okay. People do this all the time and they're totally missing the point. Anytime, even in those specific scriptures, when it's talking about that, it's giving a standard of living that keeps you in the spirit. Right. That's the whole point. It's like, Oh, have one wife so you don't get distracted. Hey, don't have strong drink so you don't get distracted. Like there are things that they say that's saying keep in the spirit. This is how you can keep in the spirit easier, guys. Mm. And so if you are someone who's in leadership like that, you are held to a higher standard, but it's not a standard of righteousness. It's a standard of tapping into the spirit.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's good that you brought that up because it was perfect with what she was talking about with Christ being the head. Um, because then it goes on to say, and you're, you're quoting James, where it says, not many of you should be teachers, for they will be judged more harshly. But then he says, consider, like, the small spark. He starts to talk about the tongue. But then he talks about the rudder of the ship. So it, such a small rudder can move an entire ship. And the bit in the horse's mouth can move that entire beast. <laughs> And so he's saying that the smallest, the slightest move in a certain direction can really steer somebody's entire being. Right. The rudder steers the entire being of the ship. The bit steers the entire being of the horse. And if I'm teaching you and I'm telling you that what I'm saying is truth, you should listen to it. You could actually start to make decisions in your life that move the entire course of your life. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And... If I get some of that wrong and I led you astray, woe is me, right? Woe is to anyone who would lead one of these little ones astray.
1: But if you're leading everyone to the spirit, there's no chance of it.
0: There is no chance. if And I you say,
1: hold no responsibility. Right. Because you're leading people to the spirit and it's up to them and their relationship. If they get things off, that's between them and the Lord. Yeah. But if you're leading people in the flesh and you're leading people in a
0: different way, that's all on you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And there are some who take the scriptures seriously where it says like, hey, you know, you're a pastor and you need to shepherd the flock that it's among you, but you're going to be responsible for their souls and that kind of thing. And so then they take that responsibility as though they have to be their head Mm -hmm. or that they have to make sure that they're not doing things wrong and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So they're like being um, controlling. Mm -hmm. Right. And saying, do this. Don't do that setting up law and rules, and then again, bringing that mixture. So in Thessalonians, it talks about um, not quenching the spirit and not despising prophecy, which is um, speaking the heart and mind of God. But it says, but test all things. Mm -hmm. So don't despise the things that the Lord may say through a person, but you have to test it. So he's not saying take it as truth every time. He's saying, look, don't despise it, but also don't take it as 100% truth absolutely test it. And how do we test it? We test it against the Spirit who leads us into all truth. truth. And so people can speak things to us that are truth, but we always have to go back and test it. So when you both started in the Engaging Heaven ministry and you're having these experiences and you're talking about the courts of heaven and, and all these different things, ascending and I mean, just all this stuff. I mean, there was some... Messing up going on in my religious world, my theology. (laughs) I laugh now. It wasn't so funny. It wasn't so funny. (laughs) It was. It was a grueling process. But for us all. Uh. Yeah, but I. Let me tell you, that's a difficult process to not quench the spirit. Because what am I supposed? What? What was I going to do? Argue with you and tell you you're wrong and I'm right and like quote all the scriptures and ruin whatever new relationship you're experiencing with the Lord. Like that's not my place. Don't quench the spirit.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But I also then had to go back to the Lord and just say, man, I don't know what is happening. I don't understand this stuff. I've, I've never experienced it. I've never heard anybody else on the face of the planet teach this stuff. Like, at that point, we we're listening to like what's his name, uh, Ian
1: Clayton, Ian Clayton,
0: <laughs> and maybe some Justin Abraham, and I'm like, I don't even know what these guys are smoking, right? And I'm like, how are how is how are there two guys on the face of the planet talking about this stuff? And there's been millions of Christians, and I'm just arguing, you know, and and talking to the Lord about it, and the Lord led me by His Spirit into these truths. I remember one day I was reading something about Revelation, and I as I'm reading it, the Lord is showing me like hey, this heavenly place is real and there are things going on that you you have some idea about because of Scripture and some that you have no idea about. Am I so small that the entirety of heaven and all that has been revealed about um, the heavenlies and the courts and the elders and the beings and the angels, you think all of that's revealed in this you know, 40,000-word chapter or whatever it is, 10,000-word chapter, like you're crazy, man. There's more to me than that. And I remember he just like, as I was reading it on the page, I'm hearing testimony of John's revelation of the heavenly. And the Lord is saying in my spirit, that is that is there right now. And I was like, boom. And I started weeping and I'm like apologizing to you. and But because the Lord showed me and I tested it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so that's the idea is like, Don't take my word for it. Go test it with the Lord and see what he has to say. But there has to be humility, right? um, Yeah, we have to humble ourselves and go to the Lord and say, hey, look, you know, I, I can't claim to know anything. But too often pride gets in the way and we think we know everything. But we just don't.
1: Yeah.
0: You know? Right. I feel like the
1: more that we source from the Lord the more we recognize how little we know. Right. We're It's like constant mind-blowing. And you're going, oh, I didn't get that. Wow. How is this happening? You
0: You know what's kind of funny is because you says it's like mind-blowing, and I just kind of thought of, like, the Lord going to our brain a little bit. <laughs> but interestingly, the spirit, Ruach, means breath or wind. So <laughs> literally the spirit is just going... Right on our little brains. And we're like, oh my gosh, truth from on high. I can't even handle it right now. Right, yeah. Yeah, we're like, whoa. (laughs) However, Justin Abraham does it. (laughs) That's why he's always whacked. The Lord's blowing on his brain. Dude, (laughs) it's crazy. It's kind of wild, huh? Mm It's fun. It's pretty awesome. Yep.
1: So, anything else to add?
0: I don't know. Maybe if maybe just encourage people to somehow to do what we're talking about doing. If we've not already. Adequately. I kind of
1: want to, you only barely touched on the purity piece. And I feel like that's a big deal. That's it what doesn't. the Lord has been speaking to me awesome. over and over and over about. To
0: is, the pure, all things are pure.
1: Yeah. I feel like I say it every day. It's something that it's a Lord saying it to me, to the pure, all things are pure. And You talked about purity. Purity is not perfection. Purity Mm. is um, just without the mixture. That's all it is. Right. It's from a
0: single source.
1: Yeah, a single source. And I remember this was the most impactful time to me was when I just done a crap ton of repentance I just I was in the courts of heaven just repenting like crazy and um I went to have Yeshua offer me as a sacrifice a living sacrifice and he always would lay me on the altar he still does that but um I remember he said to me this is the first time you've been a pure sacrifice mm-hmm. and it was because I was surrendering everything mm-hmm. it was just like Everything I had, I was just surrendering to him. And I'd been really pressing in over and over to try to go through this experience to see the person of the Father face to face. And I never could do anything. It wasn't working. Every time I'd press in, nothing. And then when he said I was a pure sacrifice, one, it confused me because I thought that all purity and sacrifice came from him which it does, but there's a yielding to him that has to happen. It's like everything we have has to be laid down for that sacrifice to cover it. Right. And I guess I didn't know that. I, I didn't click with me or something. Yeah. And when I was a pure sacrifice, then he said, now you can go in to see the Father face to face. And I was, I remember feeling, it's like, When you're with the Father face to face, the purity really stands out because all you are is one. Mm -hmm. And it's like the oneness is the purity. Right. It's like the separation. We always talk about the separation theology that's crap, right? That we actually are not separated at all with one another or with Him. It's just our being. Our body, our soul, and our spirit has to come into that reality together. And we have to embrace the reality. We have to surrender the separateness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a yielding of self. This concept
3: of self separates you from everything Everything. else. So when when you can yield yourself, the concept of
1: the self... Is when you can come into oneness. Exactly. And that's complete purity. Right. Is just having that lack of self. That everything's about him. Everything's about the other person. Uh, It's this purity that, you know, we think of, I don't know, I think maybe just growing up, but I constantly would think of sexual purity all the time. You know, that that was purity. And... I think it's the easiest for us to understand that if we have sexual purity, we are having it only for this, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's sexual purity. At least that's what we grew up thinking anyway. Right. And it's because that actually, it's just an easy understanding of it's all for that person. You're saving everything for one person. And so it's the same thing with mm. everything we are. It's we're saving all of who we are for him. We're saving everything we have for him to where it's not us anymore. It's only him. Mm-hmm. And then that oneness comes. Because how many times you could save your, your sexual purity and then still have a crap relationship? It's because it isn't about that. It's really about the oneness. And it's saying, everything I have is yours. Everything. And to hold nothing as your own. To me, not be selfish about wanting my own pillow and being annoyed if Dustin is hogging my pillow. <laughs> you know? Okay, so that's, that's a reason. That's something I do. But that's not oneness. Oneness truly is saying, I don't need anything of my own. Right. Everything is, is, is yours. Whatever you want, that's what I want. And when we do that with the Lord... We're just totally overwhelmed with whatever He wants because our heart is, is to be one with Him and to please Him.
0: So you just, you said that everything I have is yours, and it reminded me of uh, the prodigal son story where the son from the field comes in, he was like, you know, he went off and did all this crazy stuff, and you slayed the fattened calf, you've not even given me and my friends a goat, and he's like, son, I've always been with you, and everything I have is yours. So freaking good.
1: That's how the Father opened himself up to us. Everything I have is yours. Mm. (laughs) It's it's powerful. It -hmm. is the best. I mean, that's why he sent Yeshua. That's how we have access to everything in the kingdom. We have the full inheritance. I don't know how many times he said to me, you have the full inheritance. And it's like a reminder of Mm. you have... Not just an inheritance from me. You have the full inheritance. That means every single thing I have is at your
0: disposal. That's crazy.
1: You know, that's a crazy extravagant love.
0: And the beautiful thing about that prodigal son story is that the son took his portion of the inheritance. He squandered it. And even when he came back, the father had more to give him. Mm -hmm. He had more sandals, more robe, more ring, more calf, more love. So good. He said, you squandered it all. I'm still going to give you more. That's freaking love right there.
3: I think that is the key. We talk about the extravagance of this, but the extravagance is such simplicity because it's really just stepping into what is truly love. Right. Right? That is the heart of it. That is the foundation. So when you can step in into the Father's love because He is love, then you start seeing others through His eyes. You see it as Him. You know what I mean? So these other kinds of love that you learn in the world fall off and they look so empty, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Mm. But I I think that's the extravagance is the simplicity.
1: Yeah. It's funny because... Everything seems so difficult as we're raised with the ideals of the world. Right. Everything is so complicated. There are so many details to think about and all of the things, what should I do? Should I do this or that? Or maybe I should do this and so many decisions. And it's funny how the kingdom is actually so very simple. Mm -hmm. It is, there's nothing complicated about it. And it's funny because I notice, you know, the people who make it complicated, You can tell where they're at in their faith because you can see the child, the childishness of, of the faith when they go, well, what do I do to do this? And how do I do this? And asking all the questions because it's so very simple that it's stupid. You know what I mean? It's just like, it really is like, where do you want me to go? What what do you want me to do? That easy. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all you do to step into the kingdom is just to yield yourself is just yield and say, here I am. Mm. Here I am. What do you want to do? And when we come to that, we can step into something brilliant and wonderful, and we don't even have to lead anything. We don't have to learn a process. We don't have to make a decision. We just go where his love leads. That's right. it. Mm. And man, it's beautiful. Yeah, It is.
0: You Simple. Just, you just reminded me of... Jesus saying, if anyone would come after me, he must take up his cross daily and follow me. And to me, that's always like, it's like, oh, it's this like brutal, gruesome sacrifice every day. And it's so torturous and terrible. But really, what was it? What was this the decision that led Christ to the cross? It was in the garden when he said, nevertheless, your will be done. He laid down self and the cross is the antithesis. of you. Of yielding. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying simply yield yourself daily. Yeah. And that's how you follow me. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Brilliant. You you know it's good when we start to get softer on the mic. When we talk. <laughs>
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kingdom Builders, well, anything to add at the end? Thumbs up. We got a thumbs up. I think that means it was good. <laughs> that's good.
0: It's good fantastic. It, it was, was God. Because if it was good, it was from the knowledge of treating it I'm just kidding. <laughs> funny. That's not what that means. It's from the rock. <laughs> That's right. Go to the Lord. Let him <sighs> on your brain. There you go. Mind Just a little <laughs> on your noggin. <laughs> Get you sorted out. Awesome. So the wind of the Lord. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Check out patreon.com slash kingdom builders. Mm-hmm. And also our home ministry the source wichita.com and there's more about some of the other ministries and things that are happening here in Wichita Kansas that affect all of the world because the Lord has led us to do that that's it's wonderful it's wonderful
3: thanks for joining us everyone alright we love
2: you love you love you love you guys it's simple bye <laughs>